I did a live event the other day and one thing I spoke about was the areas, the locations that were going to boom over the next cycle. And there's a couple of different locations that are at different parts of their cycle. So let's go through each and every location. I'm just gonna do it off the cuff and tell you a little bit about what I see is happening in the market and where I think each market is going. I went and had a look at some statistics and specific suburb statistics when I did this in my live session. So if you wanna have a look at that, go and jump into the YouTube channel and have a look at the live. But just off the cuff, I'm gonna go and start from Brisbane because I think Brisbane is in a really good position right now it's in what's called a stagnation period so that stagnation period is basically when the market does nothing and some people might disagree with me some people might agree suburbs are different within each capital city so i'm just going to talk about holistically so holistically what i see in brisbane is that most of it is in stagnation so that means prices basically have stopped some parts are going down some parts are going up but generally you know it's basically doing nothing what that means in terms of real property prices is that property prices are actually going backwards because by the time you take into account our 5% inflation at the moment, unless your property is doing at least 5%, the real growth is zero. So your property has to do 5% to keep up with inflation. So 5% growth, that is. Um, so Brisbane, from various suburbs that I looked at and the suburbs that I'm currently invested into and looking at investing into, they seem to be pretty stabilized. They're not really doing much. Some are going backwards a little bit. Other ones are trading up slowly. Um, so that means that this market cycle that we're in at the moment, it's gonna last for a period of time. Generally, that stagnation period is anything from two to five years. That's pretty typical. If you have a look at my live event, again, I talk about our boom bust cycles and what time frame each of those normally last for. So stagnation is normally two to five years. I believe this time around the country, stagnation period, so that period of no growth will be quick, only because we just had a massive growth. It was really quick. It got cut too short in my view. And now we're going to go through a quick little downturn, and then we're gonna go through an up for various different areas. But not every area is following that trend. There are some that are bucking the trend, but that's Brisbane. And I think I, Reckon that Brisbane by the back end of 2024 will probably start to see some growth overall, but I am starting to see some of some areas come out of stagnation in Brisbane. So in other words, they've already gone through their two years of doing nothing, and now they're coming out of that two years into growth. And that growth phase normally lasts for two to three years. It can, again, be cut short or it can go a bit longer. And I think just because of the lag with building, and the lag with high interest rates, I actually think it's probably gonna go longer. We're probably gonna see a good three, maybe four year boom cycle in Brisbane once that kicks off, and I think that'll kick off really in 2024 properly, maybe towards the back end, maybe mid to late 2024. I'm also seeing and hearing that different marketing groups from Sydney and Melbourne are now starting to invest in Brisbane. So these are the early adapters because the majority of other marketing groups are still over in Perth, and I'm gonna talk about Perth at the end, because it's an interesting market. So Brisbane, I think, is going to do well, and if you are looking at investing in Brisbane, just don't expect anything to happen for the next 12 months in most areas, but 
this next 12 months and maybe less than that, maybe it might only last for six months. You know, I do think these are the good buying opportunities where there's not that many buyers in the market and you can pick up a good deal and you don't have to be on top of it as quick as when you're in a hot market. So if you're buying in a hot market, you probably know you've got to be literally on the phone like within the hour that it got, gets listed, the property, or you've got to be purely buying off market. You don't necessarily have to do that in Brisbane at the moment just because it's in that stagnation window. Um, but from what I'm seeing, it's still a better market than what Brisbane had in 2019, 2018. The market was like shocking back then. So that's Brisbane. Sydney and Melbourne, I haven't dived into Sydney and Melbourne too much because on the broad brush, they don't look fantastic. I know Sydney's had some growth, or at least that's what they've posted in the last 12 months or less than 12 months. When I've done searches, no Sydney suburb and no Melbourne suburb have come up as being in that growth phase. So I do think Sydney and Melbourne are still going to ride that stagnation way for a bit longer and maybe a few bumps along the way. Um, but I think a lot of it, because interest rates are where they are, a lot of it comes down to affordability. And I know that a lot of people are going to, from Sydney and Melbourne are going to tell me that their area is going up or down or whatever it is. Again, it's very suburb specific. You can't just talk about Sydney going up or Sydney going down in one aspect. But if you want to talk about holistically, if it was me, I personally wouldn't be doing anything in Sydney unless you're getting into those growth locations where you've basically got artificial growth from developers setting prices and you are in an area where your supply is quite restricted and limited so you're not going to get flooded with supply over the next few years so I do think that you know there's buying opportunities in any market as long as you know which markets to pick but when I look at Melbourne, Sydney versus, say, Brisbane, you get better rental returns in Brisbane. You can almost buy blindfolded, I think, in the next 12 months and make money in Brisbane over the following, you know, over the preceding few years. Whereas I don't know you could do that so easily in Sydney and Melbourne. And the barrier to entry is so much higher in Sydney and Melbourne as well, as people know that live there. It's quite expensive. So if I was living in a city, Sydney, Melbourne, and I wanted to buy a house, I'd probably just rent and use that money elsewhere to invest in a growth location, especially if rents in those locations are two and a half, three percent return, and you can buy something pretty much off the shelf in Brisbane for four or five percent return, and that's not even really trying. So you could use your money to invest somewhere that is growing, and then just rent where you are, plus your investment property is tax deductible as well, whereas your own home is not tax deductible. So then Sydney and Melbourne, uh, and then I'm gonna talk about Perth as well, just the major markets. Actually, I will touch on Canberra because I have had some people ask me about Canberra. I do have a couple of investors that live in Canberra and have invested in Canberra, and everything that I'm seeing in terms of the statistics from Canberra doesn't look great. The market there has gone ballistic, and you are in a small market. It's ultimately regional when you compare it to a capital city, the only thing really going for Canberra is that all the government departments are located there, so most of the people would work for government. Do I have the stats around how many work for government? No. Do I have the stats about distressed listings? Yes, I have a look at the number of distressed listings in Canberra. It was rising. The number of listings generally was rising pretty substantially. And if you just have a look at the growth, 
Canberra's already gone through their three-year boom, and now they're coming into their two-year stagnation, which could last for longer, you know, two to five years. And depending on what the government does, if the government decides to lay off a thousand people, whether or not that will happen, but you know, if they lay off a thousand people in the government departments, think about the flow-on effect that, that has in Canberra. So in my view, Canberra is just similar to a mining town, maybe a little bit more stable, but in terms of job security and all that stuff, if the government decides to lay off a whole lot of people, then what's that gonna do for demand with housing? And they don't have the interstate and overseas migration like Queensland, Victoria, New South Wales, and, and to an extent, Western Australia has. So they don't have that ongoing um, commitment to house people and that demand could dry up pretty pretty easily or, or it's just not an ongoing demand. Whereas when you've got interstate and overseas migration pushing up population growth, there's always that demand for new stock, which means it's going to put pressure on existing houses. So then I'm gonna jump over to Perth. Uh, a lot of people have made really good money in Perth in the last few years. And I think if you were an early adapter and got in and just rode that wave, you've done really well and that's fantastic. I don't think you're gonna see anywhere near the growth that Perth has experienced overall for the next few years. It is seemingly coming out of that growth, that boom cycle, and it'll probably go into stagnation, but I do still think that market's probably got 12 months to run. So I wouldn't be surprised if more marketing groups hit Perth for the next six to 12 months, and then they pivot over to Brisbane um, because Perth, as prices go up, then yields come down. And at the moment, from everything that I'm seeing buyers groups do, uh, whether they're right or wrong, uh, some of them I agree with what they're buying is fantastic. Other ones, uh, I absolutely think they're just selling or buying rubbish. That includes second homes, secondhand homes as well. Just because the home is secondhand doesn't mean you're getting a good deal and you get no depreciation benefits. So I think for the majority part, Perth still probably has another 12 months to run in terms of their market cycle. That's assuming that the price of iron ore or coal doesn't fall through the floor. If that does, then that could be cut short. Um, but I still think Perth is gonna have some really good growth, but you've gotta be more selective about where you're buying now because people are just paying way over in Perth for certain properties. Uh, I've heard some pretty crazy stories of people offering like 50 to 100 grand more than the list price. And these are only like properties that are four or $500,000. So Perth has just gone spastic. You've got all of the East Coast, Sydney, Melbourne, even to an extent Brisbane buyers over there. So there's a lot of money getting invested in Perth and it's all investors driving the market because it is such a hot market at the moment and it's well and truly overdue. It is the most affordable capital city um, in Australia at the moment and it's giving the best yields as well. So Perth, I think it's got another six to 12 months, but you've got to be more selective about your suburb and about your property. You can't just buy like what people have done in the last couple of years if you actually want to make any growth. I even think some of those areas where people have made good money out of them over the last couple of years, I think we'll probably start to see people lose money in those areas, even though the market's still growing. If you pay too much extra over for your property, if you pay 10% above the market, the market has to move by 10% just for you to break even, and that doesn't even include transaction costs. So you've got to keep that in mind as well. You basically need your property to move to grow in value by 10% really for it even just to scratch the surface on making it worthwhile. 
so there's one city that I missed, which was Adelaide. Sorry about that, Adelaide. Um, Adelaide is similar to Perth in that it's still got a bit more of the cycle to run, but it's very selective. Most of those areas that were booming the last few years have finished their boom, from what I can tell, and Adelaide is coming into that stagnation, basically no growth period. So if you are going to buy in Adelaide, I think you've just got to be very careful about where you're buying. Uh, that's my two cents. If it, if it was me, you could buy easier in Perth and get better yields at the moment than buying in South Australia. And Perth has still got a significant amount of interstate and overseas migration. Um, but again, that could dry up. If there's no work for them in Perth, because Perth, one thing about it is that it is isolated. And even in my short time being in property, over the last decade plus, I've seen the high, high and low lows that Perth has, very similar to mining towns where the market can be booming, it can be red hot, but if the price of iron ore or the price of coal drops and big companies start laying off a lot of workers, it's the flow on effect. And I know people are going to tell me that there's other industries in Perth, and sure, there are other industries in Perth, but if you have a look at the mining spend and how many jobs mining creates, you'll realize that if a company lays off a thousand people, it has a massive impact because it's not the thousand people that are now out of work, it's then the other 14,000 people because it's generally 14 people for one mining wage because that one person will support 14 other jobs locally because they'll live in and around Perth. So when you think about that, once if big companies start laying off people, if the price of our commodities drop, then that has a massive ripple effect on the market. And if you've got migration coming over to Perth, where are they all going to work? Are they going to work in hospitality? Are they going to work in construction? There is still a lot of construction to be made up for in Perth. So maybe the job market is a bit better than what it has seen in previous years, um, but it is still a finicky market. That's why I think maybe it's got another 12 months to run. So if you were, were riding the markets around Australia, I'd say the Perth, market is the one to ride predominantly and then I think it's going to flip to Brisbane but again if you're getting into hot markets like after the market has started to take off you've got to be a lot more astute with your buying and you're also competing with a lot more buyers I don't particularly like buying in boom markets because I feel like I'm getting ripped off and having to compete with everybody I've only ever bought a couple of properties when the market is going up and I've bought them in uh, off market, not on market. On market, I always lose when I try and buy a property against somebody else. Uh, but I prefer to buy like the Brisbane market where it's in stagnation or I am mean, looking in the Melbourne market as well where it's in the, in the same phase. There's way less competition. The people that are in the market know that they're in the market to wait for the next boom cycle. So they're not silly about paying extra over and you can negotiate the price with the owner because we're not in that booming market where you've got five competing offers. So that's personally how I like to buy, but I still think there's some great opportunities in booming markets. You just got to make sure you don't get in, in at the end of the booming market or you don't get in you know, six months before the end, you pay 10% over, the market grows by 10% and then declines by 10% thereafter, which we saw what happened in Sydney with a lot of people and Melbourne to an extent for various different suburbs. 
So that's my synopsis, that's my crystal ball for where I think the property market is headed into 2024. And we're in late November at the moment when I'm recording this video. So when it gets posted, it might be a little bit later than this. Let's just see how it plays out. I could be right, it could be wrong. Um, the market will dictate that and we can always try and predict what's going to happen in the market. But if you've got a plan where you buy ultimately under market value, you can at least buffer your risk because we don't all have a crystal ball. We can look at data all day long, you can look at statistics, but there's always a risk that the statistics are wrong or something else happens in the market, which is ultimately human-led, human-driven. There could be a government announcement, there could be another war that we don't know about, there could be lots of different factors, government spending, infrastructure spending, uh, there could be a mass migration of people to one location, which again could be, is driven by the government or it could be driven by employment, major industry, our connections with overseas investment. There's so many different factors at play that we can't predict it 100%. We can only just speculate. And in my experience, if you don't jump into the market and don't back yourself, then when the market goes up, and I've seen so many people say after the fact, oh, I was going to do something or I was going to do this, and they just miss the boat. And those particular people normally miss the boat every time. So if you're scared about jumping into the market, you know, just think about the upside, but then also consider the downside risk as well. You know, what's the worst case that can happen? And if the worst case is, okay, the market drops by a little bit, but then markets always recover. Just have a look at history. If you don't time the market exactly, it doesn't matter, just right out the way. But just make sure you are buying good property. And to buy good property, you've got to have some knowledge about what's good and what's not good. Otherwise, you're just going to be going out buying blindly which has worked for some people, but those people have gotten lucky and unfortunately there's plenty of people that haven't gotten lucky. You only hear about the good news stories at the barbecues. Nobody ever tells you when they've lost a hundred grand on a property that they purchased uh, and they didn't do well on. You only hear about the stories where somebody's made a hundred grand um, by renovating or buying a property on the market or whatever it is. And most of the time those stories aren't true anyway. So, you know, don't believe everything that you hear, but there will be a lot of money made in this next cycle. And if you are looking at getting into the market or you're sitting on your hands, don't sit on them for too long because there's opportunities that are passing you every single day. The opportunity of a lifetime, I believe, comes along every day as long as you're looking for it. So thanks for watching. Have a great day.